When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. To 10, the zone. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, we got a hot, sticky week ahead for the Fond du Lac County Fair, the Green County Fair, the Dane County Fair, to name just a few. How you doing, everybody? Hope your weekend went well. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee, glad to be along with you. Ooh, this is a typical county fair week around the state of Wisconsin. Hot and sticky coming our way. Sunshine today in 88. Sunshine tomorrow, we're looking at 89 degrees. Sunshine on Wednesday, 85. Sunshine on Thursday, 88. Friday, sunshine and 88. Chance of rain and maybe a thunderstorm shows up this next weekend. But in the meantime, for the exhibitors that are headed out to county fairs, you better plan on how you can manage that heat. I also noticed that our Wisconsin winter wheat crop is about ready to begin on the harvest. But before you head to the fields, think safety first. Uh, How many times have you heard a combine that ends up on fire or a field that ends up on fire? That's something that's preventable, according to John Schutzke, our University Extension Farm Safety Specialist. He's talking with farm intern Allison Lund about measures you should take before you go to the field. That's on a Monday morning. And we're also catching up with Dr. Sean Conley, University Extension Soybean Specialist, to find out what he's troubleshooting in the way of insects, disease, or weed issues that you might want to be paying attention to. Rural Mutual Insurance is a proud sponsor of the Wisconsin State Fair. As a thank you for your support, they're giving away State Fair tickets. Visit RuralMutual.com slash win and enter to win State Fair tickets. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. It's 15 minutes until dinner time, and between everything on the stove, table, and cutting board, you've got enough to worry about. But everyone knows the meal isn't complete without warm, delicious rolls. So what can you do? There's no time to make rolls from scratch or pick some up from the bakery. Now you don't have to compromise. Try Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls with all the taste and freshness of homemade rolls, ready in around 10 minutes. Simply heat them in the oven and you're done. No prep necessary, no stress required. Complete the meal with Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls. Boy, it's been popping up in the news, really, from time to time, not just in Wisconsin, but across the United States. Dry weather, creating some real fire hazards. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And, you know, every time I see those massive outbreaks of wildfires, I just can only imagine what it's like to be a firefighter on the other end trying to get ahead of it. And I can't imagine all of the training and technology that we're using today, Bob, to try to make sure that we can get control of these wildfires, whether they're big, small, or wherever they're located. Yeah, and fires do happen, as you said, all over. Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And drones. We talk about drones using them for spraying now, using for taking a look at the crops and how they're doing. But rural fire departments all over Wisconsin are starting to incorporate drones, not just the fire trucks and the hoses and everything else, 
Drones are a big part of fire control, fire identification, also search and rescue for people that they need to find probably. Noah Wallace is with the Pleasant Valley Township uh, Fire Department in Eau Claire County. We talked to him about working with drones and uh, he's been doing it for quite a while. I've been working with drones um, as an asset, uh, more than just the fire department for seven years. And the fire department got these drones in 2021 and we have put them to work uh, in the spring of 2022 with brush fires and search and rescue. So tell me about these drones because every one of them kind of looks a little different, but what, uh, what's the makeup of these particular drones and what makes them so effective as far as working with the township fire departments? Uh, these drones, uh, we have two, two sets. Uh, one is primarily basically visual inspection. Think of it as a camera drone. The other drone has camera, but it also has thermal capabilities that allows us to see the hot spots in a fire, track the fire back to its origination, or if we need to find a lost person, we have the ability to zero in on that person. These drones uh, have roughly 40 minutes flight time, so we have the ability to cover large areas very, very quickly. The maximum altitude that we fly at is 400 feet. That's not a limitation, as might, people might think. The fact that you're at less than 400 feet allows you to get really a lot of clarity and to be down where the action actually is happening so that you can actually identify the event or identify the person very, very quickly. Will this work through at 400 feet or less? You might have a lot of smoke up there. Does smoke cause a problem or can they go right through the smoke with your identification? They can go right through the smoke. The thermal drone sees right through all of that with no issue. They have multiple vision systems and GPS systems to help keep the drone safe in the air. So even if we momentarily lose visual of the drone in the smoke, we always know exactly where the drone is within three feet. And with the cameras and all the sensors, we know what we're not going to hit or what we're looking for. How high volume, for lack of a better term, are these cameras in there? These have to be pretty intricate cameras. They are, they are. The normal camera, drone, uh, these are you know professional cameras, so you're talking roughly 3,000 for a, just the drone that does the video footage. For the thermal, you're talking eight, $9,000. These specific drones are made and assembled here in the U.S., and so that's one of the things that we're happy about too. Now you mentioned it can pinpoint the source of the fire. How close can they get and uh, still safely operate? Some of these fires get awful hot. How big an area can they cover from uh, 400 feet? Well, you asked a really good question there. These drones are not thermal proof, so therefore we do keep a good distance from the fire sources. We stay out uh, roughly two to 300 feet from the actual, the actual fires, whether it be a brush fire, structure fire, vehicle fire. But we have the ability to zoom 16 times into the event so we can get close with our eyes and still maintain a safe distance with the drone. With the 40 minute flight time, with the 400 feet, we can cover roughly about 80 acres in about 10 minutes uh, as far as the search and rescue goes. So very quickly we can find things you know, down to the size of your hand very fast. I would imagine that is very, very important, especially when you're looking to find a person. How close can you keep uh, contact with the ground crew, so to speak, to identify these locations to uh, get them to where a person might be in need of some help? Well, when we send the drones up, the drone pilot and the visual observer is usually next to the command uh, center, but these drones also have the ability to be handed off 
where we actually broadcast the video uh, via wireless or via the network. We can be thousands of feet away from command and feed that data back to them and allow them to see what we're seeing. And with our radio communications, they can tell us where they need us best as quickly as possible. What does this mean for being able to identify the source or where the fire started? I would imagine maybe some people <laughs> tried to tell you a story and the drone will say, your story's not right. That's an interesting thing because that happens more often than people know. The reality is, is from the ground, sometimes it is difficult to, to quickly find where the source of the fire is. But the truth of it is, is once you toss the drone up in the air, within minutes, uh, based on wind, weather, you can pinpoint very fast to where the fire originated. It's very accurate. What's the control mechanism for you on the ground to control these drones? Is it like a joystick in a video game, or how do you control them? Actually, it is a lot like a joystick in a video game. You're uh, given a control. It's got a, a seven-inch display on it. It's full color. It's uh, high def. It's being fed at 60 frames per second. And so you are, you know, you're watching what the drone sees. The visual observer is keeping an eye on the drone with you, uh, the, you know, from the ground as well. You know everything down to mere feet where it is from the GPS coordinates. You know what the camera's doing, what, what direction the camera's pointed, uh, and all of that is recorded and a flight log, and then it's uploaded to our maintenance system at the fire department. So uh, the chief can always review what we were doing. He can actually replay that back in 3D and say, you know, here's where you could do better, here's where we can always make improvements. Are these things getting to be just as important to a fire department as uh, the hook and ladder truck and the hoses and things like that? This seems to me that uh, you can really shortcut the system that we've been traditionally dealing with fighting fires. Well, you're always going to have the need of the equipment that you mentioned. Uh, I think that these are going to really prove their value to, to, to be that additional tool in their tool belt that can keep the firemen, uh, you know, firefighters safe and at distance when needed, but give them total situational awareness so that, that when they do deploy those heavy assets, they're making the best decisions as quickly and most efficiently as possible so that we minimize damage and save life. How much training does it take to be able to operate this accurately? How expensive are these things? There, you have to become part 107 certified. We actually have an internal training course that the firefighters go through. And then they can make their decision whether they want to go get take the FAA test. It's about 16 hours of book work, probably another 10, 12 hours of personal study, and then the test itself is two hours long. Then you become certified for part 107. That allows you to fly in areas where other drone operators will not get authorization. Plus two, when you show up to events, airports, government agencies, and you pull out your certification, they're going to treat you entirely different than a person flying a personal, you know, personal drone. The cost of the drones can range anywhere from a uh, consumer drone, can cost you $1,000. These start at roughly $2,500, all the way up to uh, $14,000. What's their shelf life? I know they're relatively new, but uh, how long do you expect that they will remain viable before they have to be replaced? Well, as long as we, the pilots, don't drag, you know, auger them into the ground, they should last, really honestly, five, five years. Yes, technology is leaping forward. As these become more and more of an asset and a tool for the, for the departments, they may want more of the additional capabilities that are being released. But as long as we can buy batteries and uh, keep them in the air, 
five years is a good good number. I have drones that are seven years old, so. And I would imagine some of the big city fire departments have these as a regular course of business, but what about the rural township fire departments? Uh, do a lot of them around the state have this capability now to be able to use these drones? More and more are getting it. You're right about the big cities. It's, it's one of their standard tools. The rural, I would say we probably have a 30% penetration into the rural market with the drones. It really can help those rural areas because you need to search bigger areas. You need you have more brush fires. This is where these drones shine, and so drones—they're doing all kinds of work. They're not just around to fly for recreation anymore. They're really hard-working, and for the fire departments, uh, it's helping save uh, a lot of ground. Who knows? Save people. But they're, they're worth their while, and I tell you, I thought they'd be more expensive than they are. Noah Wallace from over at the uh, Pleasant Valley Township Fire Department in Eau Claire County. Drones, check them out at your rural fire department. See if they got them. If they don't, find out why not. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. kind of got to look at it from a Ziegler point of view and a customer point of view and get them into the piece of equipment that's going to benefit their operation. Well, we've really come to trust Ziegler, their support staff, their service trucks. We've had them working on our shop and a tractor till 2 in the morning to get it ready for the next day. When they come on your farm, they're going to stay until they get the job done. Ziegler service allows us to be ready to run whenever we need to, rain or shine. For agriculture equipment, ZieglerAg.com. New kitchen, new bath, you can increase the value of your home without draining your savings account. AF Construction has easy finance options. For a limited time, 12 months, same as cash loans are available with approved credit. See the website for details. AF Construction, your local hands-on remodeling contractor, offering line item estimates and eye-popping results. For your free consultation, visit AFConstructionLLC.com. Get ready for a remarkable new look. Hi, it's Preston from Window World. I hear too many stories of people being held hostage through a three-hour window appointment and pressured to sign now for a project that's worth a small fortune. At Window World, we take as much or as little time as you have and provide a clear, easy-to-read estimate right on the spot. Don't think your window project is out of reach because some companies ruined your experience. Call the best value in your area. Window World. Call Window World. You'll be glad you did. While the rest of the world seems to be moving in slow motion, you're ready to gear it up. Sugar River Raceway is now open for the season, and the track is calling your name. A half-mile paved sprint course with 10 challenging turns. This is no slow-as-you-go amusement park ride. These are full-blown 50-mile-an-hour screaming machines. Put your bachelor party, company outing, or your badass desire for speed at SugarRiverRaceway.com. Just 40 minutes south of Madison and Broadhead. Get your race on. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, take a look at that forecast and you can almost predict what county fairs are coming your way. Time to get a comp your financial ag weather updates to Mucker Ag Meteorologist along with us. I was at the Sauk County Fair on the weekend uh, with their livestock uh, auction. Very, very successful. Very, very popular. And now you and I both uh, got to keep the wheels rolling. Uh, Dane County Fair, Green County Fair, Fond du Lac County Fair. If people have never met 
you or seen you, Stu, where can they catch you in the Fond du Lac County Fair? <laughs> Hiding in the background behind a microphone somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you do the... Now, when- Wednesday night's tractor pull and Thursday night's livestock auction. All right. And I'll be doing a Friday night Dane County Youth Livestock Auction. And Saturday's our Farm Bay Boogie Tractor Parade. I hope, I hope people aren't too tuckered from the heat by Saturday that they'll still show up. It's going to be a warm one. Yeah, that's the way this week starts out. Very hot, very humid. I think we'll hear some heat advisories try to pop up here or there. At least we're talking about a... a an index, a heat index that's going to be pushing into the upper 90s or could be near 100 here on and off. Low pressure is way out to the northwest with a somewhat stationary front right on the U.S.-Canadian border. That's where there's some rain off in North Dakota, far northwest Minnesota. Northeast Minnesota, Duluth Superior, and far northwest Wisconsin with some rain this morning. It stays there. For most of us, a sunny Hot day as we expect temps to be in the very upper 80s and low 90s without a great deal of breeze. Now, a system does try to drop a bit of a cool front in from the northwest, and Eau Claire, La Crosse, Mauston could see a bit of a rain chance even later Tuesday. Maybe Tuesday morning at Eau Claire, more likely, I'd say, in the afternoon or evening further east and south. We all could see some of that chance on toward Tuesday night. The good thing is with that little weak system, somewhat of a cool front does pull through, and we take the tops off the temps. Those upper 80s and 90s today and Tuesday fall back down toward the lower mid-80s on Wednesday. May not seem like a big break, but every little bit helps when we're trying to battle some hot weather for us and our livestock. I'll have forecast details right after this. I've got some cheese curds that I'm willing to share. Then I want to ride that giant slide over there. So if you've got 11 days to spare, won't you come with me to the Wisconsin State Fair? Won't you come with me to the Wisconsin, the great state of Wisconsin State Fair? There's something for everyone. Wisconsin State Fair, presented by U.S. Cellular, August 4th through the 14th. It's 15 minutes until dinner time, and between everything on the stove, table, and cutting board, you've got enough to worry about. But everyone knows the meal isn't complete without warm, delicious rolls. So what can you do? There's no time to make rolls from scratch or pick some up from the bakery. Now you don't have to compromise. Try Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls with all the taste and freshness of homemade rolls, ready in around 10 minutes. Simply heat them in the oven and you're done. No prep necessary, no stress required. Complete the meal with Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls. I forgot uh, we did get quite a rainstorm on Friday that people are... Talking, texting me this morning. Kyle said he got about an inch and a half in the Evansville area. I had over an inch in Madison. So I guess we got a little moisture out there to stir this weather system up, Stu. Oh, yeah, a little bit uh, does help to make for that humidity, of course. And we'll kind of fuel into what's coming our way. Let's talk today about sunny skies and a hot day. Could be a little patchy fog in west and northwest Wisconsin. Very upper 80s, about 90 degrees today as winds will become west about 5. We stay clear overnight and it doesn't cool a great deal. Upper 60s for lows. Southwest winds will be around 5. Then we look toward Tuesday, call it mostly sunny, still a hot breezy day, that slight chance of a shower or storm early in the day. I'd say Mauston, La Crosse, Eau Claire, a possibility. Everybody else kind of out of that loop yet, but we'll still be in the upper 80s and around 90. The southwest winds pick up a bit, though, gusting up toward 10 or 20, maybe to 25. And then there's that rain chance Tuesday night, 
not going to amount to much. Most of it stays further north. Sunny, not quite as hot on Wednesday. Mid-80s with the west winds, though still strong, 10 to 20, gusting to 30. That should help a bit for Wednesday's comfort level, Pam. But upper 80s return Thursday and Friday with sun, and the summer weather just continues to bake in. All right. Thanks, Stu. Stu Muck brings us our Monday Ag Weather Update, brought to you courtesy Compeer Financial. Compeer Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compeer.com. You know, that weather is going to make it challenging for man and beast, and winter wheat harvest could be starting. We've got more conversations on that coming up. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I've had the opportunity to be involved in several programs in the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, one of which was the Farm Bureau Institute. It's a great leadership program to help develop leadership skills, whether it's social media skills or the opportunity to speak to legislators and learn different ways and tools you can use to help get your message across. WFBF.com. It really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Looking for extra cash? Did you witness a crime? Or maybe you have information about ongoing criminal activity in the Madison area. We give cash for clues. Madison Area Crime Stoppers is a nonprofit organization that helps prevent and solve crimes in our community by working with Dane County residents, law enforcement agencies, and media partners. So how does it work? When you share information with Crime Stoppers, a confidential code will be generated to protect your identity. If your tip results in an arrest and filing of criminal charges or the apprehension of a fugitive, you'll receive a cash reward. Keep your tip ID and password so you can check the status of your tip. Once the arrest or apprehension is confirmed, arrangements will be made for you to collect your reward anonymously. Your confidentiality is important to us. Any individual who contacts Crime Stoppers will always remain anonymous. Call 608-266-6014 or go to p3tips.com. Madison Area Crime Stoppers, your safety is always our priority. Whenever you make a major purchase, there's always that little voice in your head asking questions like, are you sure? Is this the right one for me? Bergstrom Automotive turns the what ifs into why not with the seven day buyback guarantee. That's one full week to get to know your vehicle. Is it as large as you anticipated? Maybe you want more power in heavy traffic. Maybe you find out the neighbors just bought the same make, model, and color that you just purchased. Whatever the reason, at Bergstrom, if you don't love it, simply bring it back. Not every dealership offers a seven-day buyback guarantee. Then again, Bergstrom Automotive isn't an ordinary dealership. Bergstrom believes you shouldn't have to listen to that little voice that questions your buying decision. They just want you to feel giddy with freedom, just like you did when you bought your very first one. Love it or bring it back at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Sometimes it's nice to let the kids have their own space downstairs. It's also pretty awesome to expand that basement into usable living space or entertainment area. Actuate Improvement will transform your basement into a livable area everyone can enjoy. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company specializing in kitchens, baths, and basements. Let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate, consultation, and suggestions. ActuateLLC.com Design. Create. Actuate. What's the difference between shopping William Thomas Custom Jewelry and a franchise jewelry store? 
The young rep at the franchise store probably knows more about their cell phone than they do exquisite jewelry. And where will they be in the future when you need them? William Thomas Custom Jewelry is a Madison original and they'll be here for you whenever you need them. Creating one-of-a-kind pieces and here for the long haul. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Hi, I'm Julie Bowen for the March of Dimes, asking you to help save premature babies. As a mother of three healthy boys, it makes me sad to think that more than a million babies around the world die every year because they're born too soon, and that our country has one of the highest rates of infant death of any developed country. Let's work together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com to find out how you can make a difference in your community and around the world. What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. Nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. They're dinner. Jim Krevix for five days straight. There are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. I love your work at Forbes.com and Rob Reichel on Twitter. For that five that you did, what's the strongest of the five and what's the weakest of the five for the offense? You can probably flip a coin in terms of the weakest right now, Evo, between wide out and tight end. I, I think they both have a, a million questions and, and, and we're going we're gonna to wait and find some answers. Usually answers develop, Evo. You know, we sat here a few years ago and said, Boy, they don't have any tight ends. And, and Robert Tunyon caught 11 touchdowns in 2020 and uh, tied the team record uh, that was held by Paul Kaufman. And so, you know, 30 years from now, maybe people are still going to be talking about Kaufman and Tunyon. And <laughs> so, so there are, there are some, some, some surprises that, that emerge uh, year to year, as, as we all know. But at this point in time, you know, my, my best guess, Evo, is probably week one up in Minnesota. You know, they're going to line up with let's say Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, and maybe Tyler Davis as their first four, um, the three wide receivers and tight end, maybe in the, in that package, obviously a lot of guys will play and a lot of guys will get some snaps, but you could legitimately call them your starters Cobb probably out of the slot, depending what, you know, what package they, they line up in. And, and that's not going to put a, a, a lot of fear into defensive coordinators, uh, around, around the league, Evo. Um, you know, strongest, I mean, it, it'd be hard to say anything other than quarterback at this point in time. Evo, the guy's won, you know, consecutive MVP awards, even though he's he's wet the bed continuously in the playoffs <laughs> and, um, you know, c- 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 continues to put up disappointing performances that, that kind of, you know, li- leave the fan base pulling out their hair. Um, I'll tell you what, the offensive line is going to be a real surprise strength of, of this football team they took some hits in the offseason evil you know cutting billy turner and losing guys like dennis kelly and lucas patrick where their depth was picked at a little bit but if, 
But if and, and health is the biggest key there, obviously, Ebo. But you know, Bakhtiari and uh, Elton Jenkins both could make it back um, and even be eighty or ninety percent of the player that that they were. And I and I think the odds are higher of, of that with Jenkins. Even Bakhtiari to me is the is the biggest question mark probably yeah. on the roster at the, at this point in time. Uh, with, with taking three more offensive linemen in the draft like they did, it, it, it's going to be a deep and it's going to be an athletic and it's going to be a really good offensive line probably by, probably by the midway point of the season. Um, you know, running backs is the other position group we've well, that I've covered at this point in time, and, and you you know well about that, Evo. I mean, oh, yeah. that, that combination of Jones and Dylan is – it, you know, other than what Cleveland's trotting out there every single week with, with Chubb and Hunt, um, I, I would argue Green Bay's probably got the second-best pair in football. So um, we'll get to the defense starting tomorrow. Uh, the offense right now, and you know, at certain spots looks really good, Ebo, and if, if a few pass catchers emerge, it's got a chance to stay up there in the, in the top 10 or 12 in the, in, in the league, at, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, uh, Robbie, I was reading some interesting articles, too. I mean, not as good as yours, but what they were talking about Sammy Watkins. <laughs> and Sammy Watkins, like, like they were opining that maybe, like, we're not sure if he's going to make the team, blah, 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 blah. Like, we'll see what happens Sammy Watkins. In what universe does Sammy Watkins not make the Green Bay Packers? Well, they're deep there. I mean, uh, and, and not, not deep with great people, Evo, but, but you know, they – they, they, they do have a lot of bodies, you know, and, and Watkins is pushing 30. His money isn't guaranteed. I, you know, yeah, I, I, I certainly think it's a, a 90% chance that, that he's going to be on, on this roster. But we all thought that a couple of years ago, too, with Funches. Um, you know, the, the kid who came from Carolina and Indianapolis, the, the old Michigan player, and, and he sat out the 2020 season uh, with, with COVID, and then he didn't make the team last year i mean evil as i as i look at the unit i mean lazard's gonna make the team clearly watson's gonna make the team as, as a second round pick cobb's gonna make the team because he's he's roger's best friend they're not gonna cut amari rogers in year two so that's already four you know now you get to those those couple other rookies that that they drafted uh dubs and and toure let's say Dubs makes it, Toure maybe goes to practice squad. So now we're sitting at five, Evo, that, that are on the roster. They, they almost never keep seven. So it leaves you one spot left then between Sammy Watkins, Jawan Winfrey, Malik Taylor. Um, obviously, my money would go on Sammy Watkins. But I've seen crazier things happen over there. Let, sure. Let's say Winfrey's a guy this, this summer who clearly emerges. Um, and he had some chances last year. He, he, he's not a bad player, Evo. Um and, and he gets more chances this summer, and he, and he takes full advantage of them. And Sammy Watkins, who's pushing 30, Evo, at, at, at this point in time, shows Green Bay he doesn't have a whole lot left. If your workout includes bailing hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, this weather forecast this week is anything but comfortable for anybody that's got to be working outdoors. And, of course, we've got a lot of county fairs that are coming up this week, meaning those uh, young exhibitors are going to have to bring their A-game when it comes to taking care of their livestock and their animals. Sunshine today in 88, sunshine tomorrow in 91, sunshine on Wednesday in 85, Thursday, sunshine in 88, Friday, sunshine and 88. Do want to remind you, Saturday is our annual Farm Bay Boogie Tractor Parade in conjunction with the Dane County Fair. We're asking all tractor drivers that would like to join us to have your rig unloaded uh, in behind the Alliant Energy Center in Madison and ready to parade by 11 a.m. 
will take a drive around the fairgrounds, park the tractors so that those youngsters get a chance to get up on the big seat. I'll treat you to lunch, courtesy of the Stoughton FFA alumni and Dane County pork producers, and then we'll let you load up and head out on the rest of your Saturday. Farm Bay Boogie Tractor Parade, open to anyone that would like to join us. If you've got questions, you can call or text me, 877-301-FARM. That's the talk text line, 877-301-3276. Hope we've got a good showing coming up on Saturday. Well, you know, this weather is something that farmers are going to be keeping an eye on, not just for managing their livestock, but also managing equipment. It looks like this week may be the beginning of the Wisconsin winter wheat harvest. But before you take off for the fields, think safety first. Allison Lund joins us with a couple suggestions. Now is the time to start thinking about farm safety before harvest jumps on us. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Allison Lund. John Schutzke is a farm health and safety specialist with UW Extension and a professor in biological systems engineering. He's also well-versed in farm machinery, fire prevention, and safety. John tells us more about the fire dangers that arise with machinery. The most fires and also the most costly fires happen on the bigger harvesting equipment. That could be a forage harvester and most definitely combines because with a grain combine, you usually are talking about things that are quite dry, very desirable to combine a a dry crop. Um, And the causes in many cases include, well, we have to look at two things. We have to look at like what is the material that first gets ignited. In the case of any harvester, it's most often crop residue. The crop residue can obviously is flying around. We're in the middle of a dry crop. And so that's probably the biggest one. One of the things that we know also is that many times these crop residue fires then end up transmitting into a fuel line or maybe they find some oil that's leaked out from an engine compartment or an engine area. And if that happens and if we get a tire involved, a rubber tire, you know, on a big piece of machinery, it's almost always going to be a total loss. The causes are many. Um, A big cause, obviously, when you're operating a big, you know, hundreds of horsepower machine through the field, you're necessarily generating a lot of heat. And so it's that heat from the engine. It could be an exhaust manifold, a muffler, even just the engine surfaces themselves. And a big one is turbochargers. If you have a turbocharger and and it is close to proximity to dry crop material or, again, leaked out, oil or other types of petroleum products, or if you have something like a hydraulic hose rupture, you have an inferno. So there are a lot of different things. Anytime we bring a fuel source close to a heat source on a harvester, we're going to have a fire. I should also say, Allison, that it's not just harvesters. Occasionally, we will see tractor fires, although they're probably not as common as that dry harvest condition that we see here in Wisconsin. John Schutzke, Farm Health and Safety Specialist with UW Extension, with a look at how farmers can take some time now to prevent machinery fires down the road. Remember, taking those extra moments during harvest to clean equipment could be the difference between a successful harvest and lost equipment. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Allison Lund. BioVet microbial and nutritional supplements are formulated by their own staff veterinarian. Their focus on technology, research, and innovation ensures that your livestock receive live microbials and the absolute best nutritional ingredients to support all stages of health, growth, production, and reproduction. When you think healthy livestock, think BioVet and let them help you grow your profits. Call today, 1-800-BIOVET1 or find them online at bio-vet.com. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. 
McFin Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller milk receiver pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. It's 15 minutes until dinner time, and between everything on the stove, table, and cutting board, you've got enough to worry about. But everyone knows the meal isn't complete without warm, delicious rolls. So what can you do? There's no time to make rolls from scratch or pick some up from the bakery. Now you don't have to compromise. Try Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls with all the taste and freshness of homemade rolls, ready in around 10 minutes. Simply heat them in the oven and you're done. No prep necessary, no stress required. Complete the meal with Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls. On Friday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained a penny and a quarter to 207. 40-pound block cheese, however, dropped eight to 199 and a half. Double A butter, three cents stronger to finish the week at 293 a pound. As we get started on a Monday morning, right now the Dow Jones Industrial Average trading about 280 points higher. We've got December corn up a dime right now at 613. November soybeans are up 22 cents, 1364. September wheat, that's up 15 and a half at 792. The fluid milk contracts for August dropped 20 cents and closed at 2016 a hundredweight. September milk right now is trading 9 cents lower at 2010 a hundredweight. As we mentioned with John Schutzke, this week we could see more combines starting to move toward the field, harvesting our Wisconsin winter wheat. And this year, primarily because of the issues with Ukraine and Russia, that crop is very valuable. USDA's Gary Crawford gives us an update. Just when the world needs more wheat, it looks like global production this year is going to fall below this past year, below what USDA was projecting just a month ago. Outlook Board Chairman Mark Chekanowski says global production will come in at a bit more than 771.5 million tons. That would be almost 7.5 million less than last year, almost 2 million less than USDA's June forecast. Driven mostly by Ukraine and also the EU, where... Um, They've also been suffering with some drought over the past several months, and that's uh, impacting the yield potential there. But for the U.S., USDA projecting overall wheat production to be up 8% this year with an expected 52% bigger spring wheat crop, helping to offset a 6% smaller winter wheat harvest. Prices, USDA has sliced 25 cents off its season average price forecast, now standing at 10 and a half a bushel. Still pretty strong prices. Stronger than this past season by $2.87 or 38%. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Thanks, Gary. If you're one of those Wisconsin wheat growers, I'd love to hear how the harvest progresses. Remember, you can always use our talk text line to communicate, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. I'd love to know how that winter wheat harvest is going in your backyard. Up next, switching gears and taking a look at our Wisconsin soybean crop. What issues is it facing right now? Dr. Sean Connolly, University Extension Soybean Specialist, joins us with that information next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
wasn't doing anything different, wasn't trying to train for a marathon or compete in American Ninja Warrior, was just playing racquetball with my buddies, and then that's how the injury happened. That led to Achilles surgery and years of chronic pain for Will Burt, a patient at QC Kinetics. There's always been tenderness and inflammation, and I had the surgery to repair the tendon, but it didn't repair my quality of life. Desperate for relief, Will tried the natural biologic treatments at QC Kinetics, and finally, the pain was gone. The good news is, is it's a solution without having to go under the knife. A solution that my body can kind of regenerate and take care of itself versus surgery, pain pills, rehab, and all that goes along with that. Patients like Will are raving over the results. Call QC Kinetics today for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 608-319-1750. That's 608-319-1750. 608-319-1750. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Rebath started decades ago by two gentlemen who created acrylic forms to cover existing bathtubs. Today, Rebath is a complete bath remodeling company. We replace existing fixtures and totally upgrade your bathroom. Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com. Rebath, making it easy to love your bath. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Time to catch up with our Wisconsin Soybean Association, our Soybean Marketing Board, our Soybean Growers, all together as one. Don't forget, keep up to date on regular updates as far as what's happening in fields and with the associations at badgerbean.com. You can also go to coolbean.info. That's where Dr. Sean Conley, University Extension Soybean Specialist, posts his updates from time to time. You know, as we speak, uh, Sean, one of the one of the things that we had hoped for, a little rain was coming back around. And really, I, you know, judging from what I heard from folks at Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, not too many big ripples that we've had to deal with for soybeans. That's right, Pam. It's been a pretty quiet year. Um, if you look around, we just were able to run a Damon Smith's uh, white mold prediction model, and basically all of that is showing low risk, which is which is good for the farmers out there right now. There's really not a lot of insects out there. I would think the biggest challenge we would had up to this point was weed control, day and herbicides, and that's been a big challenge out there. I was just able to go down to Rodrigo Worley's yeah. field day and talk about water hemp, and he basically he's looking at now and some of these early plant situations which i'm really trying to promote farmers to get in their plant early for the yield advantage given if you have a if you're battling water hemp you might actually need three passes of a herbicide to get across to control water hemp sometimes that second pass isn't enough to get these late escapes and especially if you look at this year pam last year was a record soybean production year for wisconsin soybean growers uh we harvested 114 million bushels state average of 55 I am. We're not going to see that this year. Mm-hmm. If you go out there, you look. We're probably 14 days later planted on average this year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the crop itself, uh, a lot of it isn't even cap- canopied yet, and it's mm-hmm. mid-July. I'm guessing at best we're going to be a trend. So that's just something to think about. 
as we're out there, we're making sales decisions. We're thinking about selling the crop and hopefully you sold your crop two months ago. Yeah. And you didn't sit on too much right now, but that's something to really think about right now is the fact that uh, we're not going to see a record production out there in, in 2022. Mm. Now, these are some of the conversations you might hear. Uh, we want to get an early plug in for the upcoming UW-Arlington Ag Field Research uh, Day. That's going to be coming up towards the end of August. By then, we really should have some trends to talk about. Right, Pam. If you're really looking about the, the agronomia updates and the field day that we're having here at the end of August, we're going to have a kind of an interesting new type of a system. We started this last year where every um, participant gets to see every speaker. So we've tried mm-hmm. to keep it short snippets so you don't li- listen to uh, you know some of those boring people like Damon Smith drone on <laughs> for like a half an hour. We all get like 10 to 15 minutes. Just the facts, Jack, and we'll move on. So I think it'd be a, a really good opportunity for for farmers, crop consultants to come out and learn what's new. And one of the cool things is we have a new dean of the College of Agriculture, and she'll be our featured new speaker. So you'll be able to meet our new dean and ask her questions about what's going on in the College of Ag. Obviously, she'll be fresh and new, but it'll be a good opportunity for, for her to be introduced to, to the ag, ag community, which you look at you know what's the number one driver of the economy in wisconsin it's agriculture so it'd be a good time to chat with her give her a little sense of uh wisconsin's uh hospitality hopefully again the arlington ag research uh, day or the agronomy field day is coming up it's going to be wednesday august 31st up in arlington and we'll have more details on specifics as we get close but mark that date down so let's talk a little bit more than about how we should be uh, managing things through I mean, like you said, if we are that delayed, do you have any other concerns going forward that we're going to have to keep an eye on? I think the biggest challenge that I see right now, obviously, is back on this weed control aspect, is that because the canopy isn't because the soybean canopy hasn't closed yet, and that water hemp, if that second residual herbicide is going to start to break, we're going to see some water hemp weeds popping out. Um, again, just the fact that we're probably two to three nodes behind, really going to limit our, our, our top end yield. But also, I'm a little bit concerned because we are a little bit behind and just hopefully we don't have a late frost or or excuse me, an early frost is what I meant. But on the flip side, one of the interesting things we started doing work on, Pam, is uh, probably next week that right around the 19th or 20th, that winter wheat crop will come off. And some exciting news is I think we're seeing a lot of farmers in southern Wisconsin try double crop soybeans this year. And we just got a report that in 2023, RMA will have crop insurance for some of the southern counties for double crop soybeans. So I think that'd be an opportunity maybe for farmers to learn this year, get an idea if that would work. And that way they can maybe take advantage of that program in 2023. Let's talk a little bit more about that double cropping on soybeans because I I saw your I read your article took a look at it uh, what we're talking about folks is harvest the wheat uh, take off the straw take off the grain and then you basically come back in and no till straight into that stubble but you just got done telling me that we're already delayed as far as uh, canopy development are these beans supposed to be coming off just as forage that's a good question Pam so. I'll- a lot of farmers, what they'll do is, historically, they'll put it out there. They'll usually use a full maturity group earlier than you normally do. So if you're in southern Wisconsin, you typically plant a 1.5, excuse me, a 2.5. They'd be somewhere between a 1.0 and a 1.5. You'd have to increase your seeding rate. Normally, we recommend dropping, you know, a unit an acre, 140,000. You probably want to drop anywhere from 220, around 200 to 220,000 seeds per acre. And you want to narrow it up, really, to get that canopy. But the interesting thing is because of the treated seed out there, soybean seed, a lot of that treated seed has to get destroyed. 
So there's deals out there to be had by talking to some of the seed seed reps out there. So shop around, look around. You might be able to get some really good deals on treated seed that might be you know, well under half of what you would have paid for the full season. Mm -hmm. And that would give you an opportunity that if, you know, if worst comes to worst, you've got a cover crop out there, you got some green manure, yeah. and it was relatively inexpensive to, uh, to get established. So I think, you know, especially for those of us that are probably from the Dell South, I think it'd be an opportunity to give it a shot if you if you think. And the good thing is we had this big storm come through, so we're not going to be short on soil moisture. Right. So I think it would be good to go if farmers want to give it a try in 2022. Again, this is Dr. Sean Conley, our University Extension Soybean Specialist. You want to follow up and find out more about that possibility of double cropping beans. Like you said, you've got to, you've got to be in a certain spot, and obviously it's only going to go on those wheat fields. But he's got it up at coolbean.info. And uh, cross-reference, like I said, you can follow him on Twitter and uh, just kind of keep up to speed on what's going on there. Now, let's go back to uh, something we talked about before then, and that is weed control. I mean, obviously, wheat stubble is going to help you tremendously with weed control, but do you have any other caveats about that double crop bean possibility? What else could get in our way, aside from the calendar, on success with double crop beans? You always ask good questions, Pam. (laughs) So I think the biggest thing you'd have to make sure of is obviously one of the challenges if a farmer didn't set up his uh, combine well, there might be some volunteer wheat coming through. So just check on that. But that's a grass. It's relatively easy to control. But also just check on the, if you are going to layer a residual herbicide out there to help with the water hemp because, you know, we can have water hemp germinating all the way through August. So that's going to be a challenge. Just make sure if there's a if you check to see what the plant back restrictions might be oh. on those herbicides for what that land is going to be next year. I mean, right. if you're going yes. into, yeah. Yeah. That, I, I mean, not to interrupt you or scare you, but that residual business is turning into a bigger issue for farmers across their planting schedule. Corn, beans, alfalfa, cover crops. That That is really something that we've got to track better. And it's also something that we've got to really be aware of in conversation with our herbicide applicators. I've heard about a lot of uh, tanks that didn't get completely cleaned or drift. Right, and we did see, uh, I just would notice we had a little uh, dicamba drift into some of my soybeans this year, so we got to see that again this year. But it was pretty minimal, and because the crop is behind, I'm not expecting any type of Mm. significant yield loss with it. But yeah, because a lot of, most herbicides we're dealing with, if we're going into corn, we should be fine, but right. just, you know, if you're going into something like alfalfa or if you're going into some type of a specialty crop, some of those have 18-month, yeah. two-year restrictions. So just be cautious, know what you're applying, and um, just make sure you're out there managing the, the, those weeds out there so you don't setting yourself up for a weed problem in 2023 and beyond. Dr. Sean Conley, University Extension Soybean Specialist, along with us. Like we said, uh, you marked on that date on August 31st, the Agronomy Field Day up at Arlington. will feature some of these very same topics. And like you said, rapid-fire conversations this year at the Arlington Egg uh, Research Facility and the Agronomy Field Day. Want to find out more? Remember, that's brought to you 